At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now, and we have a really interesting and very troubling story to talk to you about here. Coming out of NYC, I'm currently sitting here in NYC, my hometown. I love this place. I will always love this place. But it's got its challenges, that's for sure. And here's what you need to know. Um, The city of New York under the uh, honestly destructive beyond anyone's imagination Bolshevik Mayor de Blasio set aside a fund for exactly what has just been announced, which is a $1.8 billion settlement for the city of New York that says that a teaching certification test New York State teachers exams for the state now, mind you. One point even... eight billion buck. One billion with a B. Point eight billion. Yes, sir. Think about this for a second, folks. This city is hemorrhaging people because of the taxes. This city is hemorrhaging people because of their radical equity, communist lunacy when it comes to public disorder, crime in the streets, all this stuff. And yet here we are being told that the city is giving $1.8 billion to over 5,000 black and Hispanic recipients here. And let me tell you why. The state of New York had a test. I have seen sample questions from this test. And it was, if you want to be a public school teacher, you have to be able to pass this basic skills exam. It's not that complicated, folks. If you want to teach kids how to read and write and teach them basic arithmetic, you have to be able to do those things. That's why we have a teacher certification. It's not that crazy. Same way we have testing of kids to see if they're proficient. Should they move on to the next grade? They need to be held back a year. Well, what we have found out is a series of federal judges now in Manhattan. This stretches from the 90s all the way up till like 2014. There's 5,000 people who are, yeah, 1994 to 2014. 
You have a couple hundred people who have already been told, Clay, they're getting settlements of a million dollars. One guy got a settlement of $2,055,000. I want everyone to understand, this person took a basic skills test. I have seen the questions. It is like uh, an eighth grader should be able to pass this test. I'm just going to say it. It is not complicated. It's not that hard. Maybe a, maybe a really you know high-achieving ninth grader. It's not that difficult. And they've said that because they don't like the outcome of who passed the test by race, this is a racist test. That's what these federal judges have found. Is there any actual racism in the test? Is there anything in the test that is biased? No, they've never even... But but they don't... They're not okay with... They say it is de facto racism that I'm trying to find the actual actual numbers here of who passed it and, and what it was, um, just to give you the exact... But that a lot of Asian and white teachers or, you know, test takers pass this and a much smaller percentage of black and Latino test takers pass this. So, Clay, they take that as they're giving. You know why they're giving two million dollars or a million plus dollars to all these different people? They're paying them for an entire career in teaching of back pay and benefits, everything. I mean, I, it, it, it's. I'm going to find these numbers, but think about this for a second, Clay. After the Supreme Court decision we just had, this is blatant racism. It is Marxism. It is wrong. The plaintiff's lawyers here are, first of all, probably going to take 35% of this. So in a budget that is already strained in a major way to give 1.8 billion dollars to teachers who weren't able to pass a what sounds like based on the way you're describing it buck fairly rudimentary it is a basic skills test folks yes how many questions i mean I, i this would be a fun test for you or i to take and you know at as guys over 40 who haven't been in school in a long time but Teachers' unions have borne no consequences for the greatest failure in any of our lives when it comes to the education of children. The front page story last week, the learning loss that was brought on by COVID school shutdowns has not been altered, right? In other words, we're not picking back up. These kids who didn't go to school from March of 2020 in person, some of them not back in school for two years, while teachers were making their full salaries, while teachers were having to do a fraction of the work that they would ordinarily have been doing. And now for New York City, which was among those places that shut down for so long, and Buck, we did this show for a long time, ridiculing the idea that kids had to go outside in the cold and sit on buckets in in separation, socially distancing from one another to eat their school lunches. For this payment to be taking place is an abject failure. And and we've got to can I give you the numbers? Can I give you the numbers just so everyone understands? Yeah, I want to hear it. I um, hear so it. this is from the lawsuit of the test takers for this for this you know teaching certification. Ninety percent is an eighty question multiple choice. And then uh, an essay portion, 90% of white test takers passed. So 9 out of 10. And I, I'm yep. trying to find the number of, of Asian test takers. I believe it's, uh, it's, right, it's, it's basically the same, very similar, 9 out of 10. Of the black applicants who, who took the test, 
Um, 53% passed, and 50% of the Latino uh, applicants who took the test passed. In the in the uh, the judge's decision here, Judge I believe her name is Kimba Wood, um, appointed by you know a Democrat, you know, the whole thing. Uh, Judge Wood took it as a disparate impact claim, effectively by saying the test is racist because you have different levels of people passing the test from different racial groups. That is it. And and we sit and we say, if this is now the standard, if this disparate impact thing is a standard for the way we judge public life, you have the destruction, the, in, the entire destruction of meritocracy, that this comes after the Supreme Court decision that said, this is racist. You are not allowed to do this, where you give some to some people because of skin color, another to other people. The test, it, by the way, they've done a new version of the test. You know how much it's changed? Not very much. Well, how could a test be racist? I mean... Because in order to be racist, you would have to presume a certain questioning that was a function of whiteness or Asianness, right? So I, I don't even know what an example of that would be. But in order for a test to be racist, there would have to be some basis of knowledge that a white person or an Asian person would have that is not testing what what the multiplication tables are or who the president of a country was in the 1920s so they have examples i, I would just love to know what these kinds well, of i mean i saw are. one one example was a question that was asking you to tell which fraction is between four other fractions doesn't yes. seem very racist to that's, me that's my point in fact i think that it's racist to think that that's a racist question right i think that that's really showing a an expectation deficit from the white libs who are pushing this at the top level of the city bureaucracy. People people are, are making this from the teachers' unions and everything else. I think their motives here are very suspect. Um, but here you go. Here's This is from the New York Post piece on this. One of the recipients, this guy uh, Grimm, his last name is Grimm, he's gotten, I think he's the one who got the $2 million settlement, he said he's in disbelief, but the money can't come fast enough because he's racked up debt on his home and credit cards. He couldn't recite any example of why the test was biased, but I can tell you how many times I took them a lot, a lot, because he failed many, many times. So even the test takers have no have no idea why the test was racist. Well, you understand the question, and I would love to hear from people out there who could give me an example. In order for a test to be racist... There would have to be some basis of the questions that white and Asian people would have a benefit of that that black and Hispanic test takers would not have. You under, and, and your question on math, I mean, it would be impossible, I would think, for a math test to be racist. So I'm trying to think what basis of knowledge does whiteness or Asianness have that is so advantageous that... If you're black or Hispanic, you can't pass it. And, and you know, there's there's another news story that I want to throw into the mix here just because I think it's indicative of what the mentality is here. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, the school district, this just happened. I uh, saw this. In the last 48 yeah. hours, the school district has gotten rid of advanced math classes. Why? Why has the school district said no more higher level math for these students, not going to teach it? Too many white and Asian kids, not enough black and Latino kids. So instead of saying, 
Let's make sure the resources are present to give every opportunity and help black and Latino students that want to be able to achieve this level of math to get there, which, to be clear, Harlem Success Academy has shown this in New York City is possible, beating the state average in terms of math and science. But instead of looking at how this can be done, they just say nobody gets to learn this anymore. Well, what is that? Because people's feelings are hurt because they're not good enough at math? This all comes down to the idea that every race has to be similarly talented in everything. And this is where I always, this is in my new book that's coming out in three weeks. This is where I always say sports, which I still think is the ultimate meritocracy. Buck, imagine if you said that, for instance, the U.S. men's basketball team, which is the best in the world right now, and we got the Olympics coming up next year. What if you said the U.S. men's basketball team, which currently is entirely black, which is really not very diverse at all. Black people, 13% of the United States population. Every member of the most recent U.S. men's basketball team was black. Imagine if you said that the men's basketball team had to perfectly reflect the racial uh, makeup of the country. So you had seven white people, three Hispanic people, two black guys, and one Asian kid right you would end up taking 10 black jobs away which would otherwise be deserved based on excellence in basketball in favor of having a perfectly representative of the United States basketball team what would happen the team would be way worse because instead of using the meritocracy and taking the most talented and the best for purposes of a team you would take the the, the team that looks like America and god forbid If you made it half female, too, it gets even worse. I mean, when you just also think about what's going on here with the city of New York, um, and this is Bill de Blasio on the way out, another, I mean, he he was just leaving behind even more stuff to just trash the city, and and he's such a nightmare. And I mean, even Democrats have figured out, you know, if they want to be safe walking down the streets, you don't want Bill de Blasio in charge of anything. Um, But, but Clay, think about this. If you were an Asian test taker in, say, the year 2000, and you passed this exam, and you worked as a full-time teacher for 20 years for your pay and benefits and salary, the city of New York, the other people that took the test, they had other jobs. Some of them even went into teaching. But they were given what an Asian or a white test taker who passed was given for 20 years of work. The city of New York is given to black and Latino test takers who failed for free, handing it to them. So you can either work for 20 years and earn health care for yourself and your family and do everything like some of the test takers who passed did, or you can fail, go do whatever other job you want, and then get a million or $2 million payday. And this is what we're paying taxes for here. I mean, it's it's enraging. when you And the fact that the city, the fact that the libs in this city are so brainwashed that they don't see this for exactly what it is, I, I just, I think it's a disgrace. I think it's an absolute disgrace. And and the judge that pushed this through is, in, oh, I mean, they're they're horrible, but it makes them feel good. It makes them think that they're social justice advocates and all the rest of it. So, you know, keep paying those high taxes, New York, so you can give people um, two million dollars for not doing anything and not suffering any discrimination. But, you know, I mean, you know, maybe I don't know what else to say. Uh, if this is where the country's going, the country's in big trouble. I know it's just New York City, but this is this is a a, a reflection of the Democrat mindset here, uh, writ large. Look, there's a phrase in life that is worth remembering: nothing takes the place of preparation. 
So if you're a gun owner and you love the sport of target practice, you know how gratifying it is to have a great day out at the range, to move that skill set along, to get better. But like everything, it takes practice. And I can't always get to the range. You can't always get to the range, right? That's why I train at home with a dry fire practice tool called the Mantis X. This is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. You can use it any time and keep your skills sharper in the process. My Mantis X attaches to my firearm like a weapon, uh, weapon light, rather. Then I connect it to the Mantis X on my iPhone. It gives me drills and courses designed to improve my aim and accuracy. Once you start using this, you're likely to have the same kind of improvement that nearly everybody does. Mantis X users see an improvement within 20 minutes. I mean, try this thing at home. It's so cool. It gets kind of addictive because as you're getting better and getting better, and as your trigger pull is smoother and 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 better, and as your sight alignment is improving, as all this comes together, you're going to want to use it more. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at mantisx.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense in an insane world. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. As bad as campaigns may be going out there in terms of expectations versus reality, at least you aren't Asa Hutchinson. 
who at one point was the esteemed former governor of Arkansas, decided, I don't know who told him this, hey, you should run for president. There's a lot of people out there. Was he ever esteemed, Clay? I think in Arkansas, people would have had a decent opinion. Hmm. Esteemed? I'm trying to be friendly, trying to be fair. I mean, you're not trying to pence the guy, that's for sure. No, Well, I mean, he's pencing himself. Uh, Listen to this. At Turning Point USA, Asa Hutchinson showed up to speak. He got absolutely obliterated by Tucker Carlson uh, in the event. I guess that was Friday, right, in Iowa. Then he shows up at Turning Point USA. We were talking earlier. He's giving away free pizza and only like like three or four people are showing up. I mean, if you're giving away pizza and only three – remember, Buck, when you were in college – that that was the number one way for a student group to get people to come to their events. They would just give away pizza at the event. I mean, if you're giving away pizza and you can only get a handful of people to show up, it's not a good sign. Here is Hutchinson showing up at Turning Point USA. This is the crowd reaction from the Republicans there. Welcome, everybody. It's my... I am delighted to be here today to express my support for young people being engaged in the political arena and fighting for the conservative cause. I mean, Buck, everybody is just booing him. That That is like, it reminds me of what happens on The Simpsons when Montgomery Burns tries to come out and talk at the picnic. I mean, this should be his audience. This is not even Democrats. <laughs> I mean, what is he thinking? Can you imagine if you walked out? I mean, I would enjoy it because it's a little bit like Vince McMahon walking into a, into, but to get booed by all of the people that you think are going to be supportive of you, this is embarrassing. What was Asa Hutchinson ever thinking? And who was advising him? Well, anyway, uh, th- that campaign's over. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, my pillow celebrating a 20th anniversary, big savings. Some of the items you may already enjoy or have been thinking about buying. When you use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck, you can buy a queen size my pillow for just nineteen ninety eight. More than fifty percent off. King size, just ten bucks more. Great deals right now on many of their other items too, as part of this twentieth anniversary special. Bed sheets, mattress toppers, towels, slippers, pet beds, even hook your family up. Maybe even the dog and the cat. Everybody's going to be happy with my pillow products. Go online to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to purchase the queen-size MyPillows, just nineteen ninety eight with the promo code Clay and Buck. If it's easier, you can call them 800-792-3269. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com, 800-792-3269. Use the promo code Clay and Buck. That's MyPillow.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. So Clay brought this to my attention uh, just a moment ago. And I, I my first instinct was, is this like deep fake stuff or is this AI or... No, no, it's, it's real from what we understand. But here it is. Um, here it is. Uh, Trump... Because remember, the, the the promise of the Trump presidency is he's going to get revenge on the government and those who have wronged him. Um, and here he is talking about former 
Enemy of MAGA world, Hillary Clinton. Play it. So I took the name Crooked away from Hillary, and we gave her a new name. Beautiful. I call it beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And, but I took it away because I wanted, I don't believe in the same name for two people. I don't like that. And I've never done this before. You know, I haven't, and you have to live with that name for the rest of your life. I'll go over the different names, but I won't, because many of them are now friends of mine, okay? So some of, he's not saying Hillary. Okay, okay. just to be clear, uh, I, we got this one was a little bit. Clay said that he was saying that Hillary. He's not saying Hillary was his friend. He's saying some people he's given names to are his friend. But you know, this is one of these moments where you play that soundbite and you say to yourself, "He's just he's just funnier and more engaging than the other options." And the value of that in the current political environment, how do you even quantify that? Like he's he's legitimately funny. He's legitimately yes. amusing, um, and I, and he's not saying Hillary's his friend. So to be clear, I thought that's what that's why well, I that's thought it was what, an AI I, or a fake. Because you know, I'm not the kind of guy to throw the staff under the bus here, Buck. That's just not me. You know, I would never. But I'm totally going to throw him under the bus here. The headline is Trump says Hillary is no longer crooked, crooked Hillary, but beautiful Hillary because they are friends. That's the direct headline. Uh, okay. So, but he was, but he was joking. He yeah. was joking. Um, just, so that's what, just to be clear, I thought it was AI or, I was like, what? Like, but no, he was making a joke, which is why Trump is Trump. Okay. So Trump there is to your point, you're a hundred percent right. By far the most entertaining person who is running for president on the Republican side. Entertaining. Not saying you agree with him. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you have to uh, approve of everything that he says. But he is the most entertaining person running on the Republican side. What I don't think anybody has yet just, shown is, me, Buck. Is he the most entertaining person, entertaining person, who's ever been in politics in our lifetime? I mean, maybe Reagan Jesse, was as engaging, but... Jesse the Body Ventura was pretty ridiculous back, but for presidential candidates... Oh, but uh, Jesse Ventura is not funny. Trump is funny. Oh, Jesse the Body Ventura was pretty funny. Really? I hope Jesse the Body... Is Jesse the Body Ventura still alive? I mean, I think Do so. we know? I mean, you know, I mean, I, you're, you're I putting me on funny. the spot, buddy. I think he was pretty funny, uh, but that's been a long time ago. Ross Perot was pretty funny back in '92 when he got 19 percent. Like of the laugh vote. with him funny or laugh at him funny? I think he was pretty funny. I I, I remember him having a line like, "We got right. people at, uh, at work in could, couldn't work at Dairy Queen driving you know Cadillacs." Yeah. Clay or was in college. I was in kindergarten, so I don't remember this stuff as well. <laughs> but what you've hit on is important. I have not, and so Trump is at 50%. Let's say Trump's at 50% right now, which seems to be a rough approximation of, of his, of his tally. You are going to have to out entertain Trump in order to end up the nominee. Let me repeat this because I don't think you aren't going to out policy Trump. DeSantis is way more skilled at analyzing policy. Policy puts most people to sleep. Now there are exceptions. You have to be able. So DeSantis has got this interview coming up with Jake Tapper. If I were giving advice to Ron DeSantis, I would say you need to turn that interview with Jake Tapper into a WWE wrestling match. And you need to pick him up and metaphorically body slam him during that interview just to cut through the noise. Because I think DeSantis was at his best. And you remember this, Buck. During COVID, 
when he was feuding with media that were asking questions and they were trying to set him up. 60 Minutes, the, for instance. The best. Uh, I was, was going to say the, the best yes. DeSantis moment in terms of, you know, media cycle, I think, other than winning Florida by 20 points, uh, which was pretty amazing. But the best moment he had was when that reporter tried the, oh, but you got money 100k from you, Publix, from Publix which is nothing which is it. and so that's why you rolled the vaccine out in Publix yes. first or whatever and he was and he just he put on a clinic with that one yes it was you know I mean it was kind of Trumpy it was yes. kind of a Trumpy moment so that that's my thing if you are going to get past Trump I I don't buy the fact that you're going to get past Trump by being better than him at policy especially now that he's d- devoted and out to 50 percent Buck, what is the number one thing that Trump people love about Trump? He will fight for them. They believe, whether whether it's accurate or not, the, I would say the number one thing that Trump does is he fights for them. And I'll, I'll, I'll build on that in a, in a way here, Buck. He not only fights for them, he often does it in a funny way. And this is what the, the left never has really gotten about Trump. The fun. There is a large element of fun associated with the Trump campaign. Who seems, who's running against Trump right now, Buck, and seems like they're having fun? Vivek? Maybe that's it. Yeah, uh, it's it's important because it goes to movement building. I mean, there's yes. infrastructure building for the campaign. There's understanding the blocking and tackling and how you have to move forward in a national campaign. And then there's the sense that people want to be a part of something, that there's a broader narrative, that there's a reason why you're not just voting for a person, but you're an evangelist for that political uh, slate of ideas in your day to day life and and that you want to show up at parties. I mean, the whole Make America Great Again MAGA uh, world. And I I remember I was living in D.C. when Trump was in his for about two years when Trump was uh, in his first term, and there was a real sense of you know brotherhood and sisterhood among all Trump supporters. There was a whole language that people would use to talk about these things. There was a sense that you could throw parties where you talk policy, but people are having fun, um, and I mean political events, right? Yeah. That was it was both of these things. So that's very um, that's very appealing and very powerful to people. Uh, the the policy level stuff. One, I don't think I think you're right that it doesn't move the needle as much as some people might assume. And then also, there's a lot of disagree. You know, policy is easy to disagree on. Who's the most fun? People feel that one. A hundred percent, they do, Buck. And this is why I the analogy I made for Trump back in 2016 was he reminded me of a rapper. And a lot of people didn't get that. Yeah, and you even just kind of reacted to it. But the the way that I mean that is people who are big fans of rap. They don't take everything that a rapper says literally. And then people who are trying to cancel rappers, they inevitably pull out rap lyrics and they're like, but look at what he said here. And what they miss is the wordplay and the fun and the humor that often underlies the rapper. Whether we use Eminem, which is someone that people know really well. If you take everything that Eminem says literally, he's telling you that he's going to murder 5,000 people in every album, but it is a that there is an expressiveness of the language that is not representative in the literal word choice. And what I think that people who hate Trump miss is that he is a rapper in that he speaks hyperbolically, 
but entertainingly. And it's not a surprise to me that rappers loved Trump. Before he got into politics, Buck, I don't know that anybody had been name-dropped more than Trump. I was up uh, last year uh, at the Live Golf event in Bedminster. Nelly came out. And for those of you who remember Nelly, uh, Nelly back in the day was uh, was tough. Some to of them want to take a ride with you. That's right, Buck. Very well said. Do you remember? There's a shout out to Trump in that Air Force One Nelly song, and so Trump is there watching Nelly perform as he gives the shout out to Donald Trump, talking about how wealthy he wants to be. And and so my point on this is, the people who hate Trump, interestingly often overlap with the people who uh, who also sometimes hate rap, but what they're missing is the literal sense of the word versus the, uh, the hypothetical sense of the word, the hyperbole, and the fun. Who's having fun on the campaign trail right now? You're not going to beat Trump by being serious. You're just not. You're going to have to have fun. I'm not sure anybody can beat him. Go listen to the first hour. But I damn sure know nobody's going to beat him by trying to talk about how they're going to reformat uh, Article 2 of the Constitution. That ain't working. All right? Just think about it. Uh, I got to tell you, no one's immune to the prospect of a natural disaster of one kind or another. We try to prepare, but sometimes it's not possible. Having a proper supply of emergency food on hand before disaster strikes is smart. You breathe easier knowing you can feed your family in crisis. Go to preparewithclayandbuck.com right now to get a one-week emergency food supply. Look, here's the deal. We have this in the Travis household. Right downstairs, after I finish the shows, do a couple of calls, the advertisers, I'm going to go downstairs, going to go get my lunch, going to look there, boom, one for me, one for the wife, one for each of our kids. We got five of them. It comes well stacked. And you can get hooked up right now at My Patriot Supply. They are the largest food preparedness company, millions of happy, worry-free customers. They made it easier and more economical than the one-month supply or even the three-month supply. Hey, Maybe you just need a week. No skimping. They'll last for a very long time, and you can get hooked up right now. $30 savings available this week only. Again, it's a one-week emergency food supply. Instead of a month, takes up less space. One week, take care of you. Get hooked up today with preparewithclayandbuck.com. Do what I did. Go to preparewithclayandbuck.com. Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it Welcome on back the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're going to take some of your calls. Uh, as many of you are weighing in, a lot of different opinions uh, flowing uh, in what has been, I would say, a pretty uh, fun show so far. Duff, in uh, he's a truck driver in Connecticut. Duff, what's your advice for all the suburban women out there? Hey, how's it going? Listen, I, I really think all those suburban women need to get off their high horse and get over themselves because whether they realize it or not, they're either married to or dating Donald Trump. That's why we voted for him. <laughs> all of us guys want a man leading us just like him. Can I just throw I something mean, out we, there, uh, Duff? You know, I haven't married very long, but it has been my experience that, as you say, tell women to get over themselves. It's like telling your wife to calm down or something, or, you know, it's no <laughs> big deal. You been married? It's not as easy as that. Yeah. I was married for 12 years. Was. I'm divorced now. <laughs> I was going to play. I, I just, I think, thank you for the call, Duff. That was it. I just, when Duff said we got to tell all these women, I knew immediately either Duff was divorced presently or on like wife number three or four. Yeah. You ever hear a guy talking, you're like, yeah, this guy's probably not still in the first marriage. Uh, honestly, you can hear Trump talk and be like, yeah, probably not still, probably not still in the first marriage. I knew as soon as he said, you got to tell these women up. Oh, that guy has not been married very long. Just going to toss it out. Uh, you're, I, I'm going to defer, you know, you've, you've been in this game a long time and you know, I'm a rookie, you know, I'm still, uh, I'm I, still trying to, trying to get off my rookie jersey and make, you know, make it onto the, uh, you're trying to get the second contract. Yeah, part. exactly. Try, trying to get exactly. The second. I, I'll be 19 years in next month. I, Dan I, in Oregon, by the way. Uh, Dan, are you married? Hello, Dan. Yes, yeah, sir. Dan, what's up? Yes, this is Dan, and I'm uh, glad to get in on the show. Thanks for taking my call. Um, well, what I wanted to say is, uh, Trump, he's a humorous guy, and there's a, there's something to be said for that because we live in glum times. But also living in the times that we live in, there's a lot of serious issues that are out there, and some have a, a lot to do with policy. And I just, I just think that uh, he's going to have a hard time winning. Some people say that, some people don't agree with it. But he'll, how is he going to get back the suburban women that he lost last time simply because he's too arrogant 
to learn how to debate, and he wants to come on a debate stage, and he bullied them all in the, in the Republican primary. He bullied an old man, Joe Biden, that he should have been able to beat on his record. In fact, there's thousands of people, including including you two, that could have wiped the, wiped the table with, with Biden yeah. just using his record. But instead, he, he, he goes out there and he bullies this old man, and right there, he lost him. Plus, we, you know, somebody, we need somebody intelligent to deal with the abortion issue and from, from a perspective to try to make the left at least understand why the Republican is pro-law. Okay, Th- thank you for the call. Let me say this. I actually think Trump on abortion is maybe the best of the Republican candidates so far. And some of you are going to say, what in the world are you, you talking mean, about? You mean the most effective politically, not the most pro-life? Correct. Because he has two things, Buck. One, he got Roe v. Wade overturned. So that's like the gold star, all right? Trump has got the gold star. Everybody else said what they would do. He put the three judges on the Supreme Court that overturned Roe v. Wade. But simultaneously, Trump is saying, I don't want to have, and everybody can have different opinions, but a three, four, five, six-week um, abortion, you know, like DeSantis, I think it, it it strengthens him maybe in the Republican primary a bit to have signed a six-week abortion ban in Florida. I don't think that plays very well in Arizona, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin. I understand, again, people have really strong opinions here. I'm talking entirely politically. Trump can say, I got Roe v. Wade overturned, but we need, and he said that in his Caitlin Collins interview with CNN, he said we need a rational abortion policy and so far he can say look i got it overturned i got it sent back to the states every state can decide we don't need a federal abortion policy i think that is an abortion policy that could could actually appeal to suburban women possibly um yeah let's see what we get here from uh hold on jacqueline in brooklyn new york jacqueline you've got some thoughts here in uh nyc what's going on Yes, gentlemen. I just want to correct one of your previous callers from a while back. He was saying he was bashing President Trump about his handling of the COVID situation. And I want to just remind that gentleman that President Trump assigned Mike Pence to handle the COVID situation. So if there's any finger pointing to be made and any blame to be had, that lies with Mike Pence. And I think I I appreciate the call. When you're the president, ultimately, you get all the blame and all the credit. The buck stops with Trump, you could say. And you guys who listen to this show know that I am no great fan of Mike Pence. I do think blaming Mike Pence for the federal government's response under Trump. I mean, I think we would say Jacqueline, Jacqueline is correct on the facts, but on the analysis of who blame lies with there. Um, but look, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, a lot of people, um, they, they feel like, they give Trump a pass on what happened in 2020 because it was so, you know, they give him a pass on a lot of things with regard to the COVID situation because it was the once in a century, the $6 trillion of spending that happened under Trump. It's one of the reasons why inflation wasn't such a big liability for Biden when he came into office, even though it started really badly when Biden took office. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. Buck, I started off the show saying that I think Trump has opened a commanding lead. Doesn't mean he can get caught. But I'm finding it increasingly difficult. The more the lead you get, you can play poorly early on, right? 
But at some point, if you watch, the horse racing analogy gets used all the time in the world of politics, right? Trump has opened up a big gap between him and everybody else on the racetrack. At some point, that gap needs to be narrowed, and I think it has to happen really, really soon. It's getting late early. I like to be Trump patient, Clay. I like to caution and call for patience. Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. John Hannity is next on 710 WOR. Are you on a fixed income? You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 12% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the B-Free Investment Packet today at phxonair.com. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 12% annual interest. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Investment and bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. The podcast, The Girlfriends, tells the story of Carol and Mindy, two women who both dated a man named Bob. On paper, Bob is the total package, a successful plastic surgeon, a pilot. But Carol and Mindy discover that Bob could also... More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.